This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by Peter Lamas Beauty Care. They have your hair solution for energizing hair growth systems, the art of hair care with everything that you could possibly need and or want, skin care, body care, and so much more. I have been using Peter Lamas Beauty on my hair as well as my skin and body for about three to four months now with exceptional results. I was diagnosed with lupus just a couple of months ago, and let me tell you, having an autoimmune disorder, it causes some havoc on your hair and on your skin. My hair was falling out. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. And with so many hair solutions that are out there on the market, I wanted something that was healthy without all of those compounds and all of those different ingredients that just weren't healthy for me. I found Peter Lama's Hair Solutions. Let me tell you, it is their energizing system for hair growth. It has seven clinically proven hair growth compounds and plant-based actives in it. And it's 100% vegan. It is plant-based and it is sulfate-free, paraben-free, cruelty-free, toxin-free, dermatologist-tested, and allergy-tested, and it's for women and for men. I am absolutely in love with their products. And like I said, I have been using these for the past couple of months, and it is a game changer. There is something for everyone, no matter what kind of difficulty you're having with your hair care products, your skin care, or even your body care. Make sure you order today at peterlamas.com, and they have free ground shipping right now in the United States on all orders over $50. But don't worry. I know that money is tight. Guess what? We have a code for listeners. Make sure you use code Tabitha for 20% off of your order today. Make sure you're using a consistent shampoo, conditioner, and nourish your scalp, nourish your hair, nourish your skin, and your body. It is a one-stop shop with Peter Lamas Beauty Care. Make sure you order today. Welcome to the Little Bit of Life podcast. I'm your host, Little, better known as Tabitha. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join me on these topics that have impacted me along the way. Very little is off limits. Tune in on your favorite streaming platform and be a part of the interview with videos on the Little Bit of Life podcast YouTube channel. Let's dive into these topics together, one voice, one story at a time. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Little Bit of Life podcast right here with your host, Little. Two out of a thousand people, 30 to 50%. And it is higher in the second round. What are we talking about? We're talking about divorce, divorce rates. Two out of a thousand people are getting divorced these days. 30 to 50% of that is their first marriage. And the second marriage is higher at 60 to 70%. When we're talking divorce with children, that's between 40 and 50%. And when you throw in a narcissistic partner, that skyrockets. Today, I have a very special guest on with me today. Her name is Chantel. She is the owner of the Divorce Hub, the separation, divorce, and parenting coach. And she is incredible in regards to helping those leave a narcissistic relationship, find divorce, and be prepared, supported, saving money, and saving time. Sit back, relax for this very special episode, and if you are really in need of this advice today, grab that notebook, grab that piece of paper, write those notes, get control of your life today, and know that there is never an opportunity that is not available on the table that you can grasp, hold on to, take a hold of, and take back your life. Make sure you enjoy today's very special episode with me and Chantel. 
Hey guys, welcome into another episode, Little Bit of Life podcast right here with your host, Little. We are in the depths of summer, which usually means we're spending a lot more time with one, our partner, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. We're spending time with our children, our stepchildren, and the house is chaotic. But with that comes a lot of frustration for those that may be dealing with the opportunity of, do I stay? Do I go? Do I deal with divorce? What happens to my life? What happens to my kids? It's everything wrapped into one. So I have a special guest on with me today. Her name is Chantal. She is amazing. She is the narcissistic divorce consultant that is literally changing the way that we look at relationships and what our future looks like. Chantal, how's it going? Great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited. Anytime I can talk about this uh, topic, uh, it's a go for me. I am excited to have you on I feel like every person needs to hear the process that you are kind of hand-holding and guiding all of us through because I feel like the word narcissist is thrown out so much, especially in society. And when you're dealing with somebody you're married to or you're in a partnership with and you have children, it's a very sticky situation of getting to that point, like you and I have talked about, wanting to leave, ready to leave, and then the steps of leaving, how you do this effectively, smart, financially smart, and then what life looks like on the other side. Because that seems to be, correct me if I'm wrong, the part that people don't do the jump. It's that fear of the unknown of what life looks like later. Well, that's what keeps people paralyzed, right? For anything in any part of life where there's an unknown and there's a big step and a leap of faith that you have to take, especially when you've been conditioned through this type of of relationship to just put up. It's just you're in survival mode, you're exhausted, you're morally depleted, you're emotionally exhausted, physically, you're not the same person that you were when you came into this relationship. You might be really underweight or have gained weight, but you definitely have. And so the term narcissism is really used frequently. And it's really helpful for victims who have undergone this type of abuse to be able to label what they've experienced. But really, other than that, it's really rather irrelevant because most people who fit this category never go to therapy, ergo never get a diagnosis. So it's just for people who have experienced it to be able to label it and say, you know what, I'm actually not crazy because for the duration of their relationship, they've been gaslit into believing that they are the problem, that they're crazy, that they have a really bad memory, uh, that they're lazy, stupid, you name it, they've been conditioned to believe that. So to have this kind of label is like a eureka moment, like, oh my gosh, that's my spouse. Like they lack empathy. Mm Uh, It's really rigid rules. We all have to tiptoe around them like we're walking on eggshells. Every day is just unpredictable. You don't know what you're waking up to. Um, If there's uh, like an argument or a disagreement, the only way to end that is for you to say, I'm sorry, even if you've done nothing wrong, but you have to submit to them for the argument to be over. And even then, They won't accept your apology. They'll hold that over you for a day, a week, a month, three years. Um, It's not being able to be yourself and have a voice and express your opinions and your wants and needs. And it's constantly pretzeling yourself to accommodate this person's ever-shifting needs. One day they like their steak medium rare, so you've perfected it on the barbecue. And the very next day, how dare you not know that now they've changed it and they like their steak fully rare. That is what you're dealing with. And so the label is not important, but it really does validate a person's experience. But you never talk about that in court. No one wants to hear about it. That's really just for you so that you can come to terms with what you've experienced. Um, But just to be able to show patterns of behavior, that's where your power lies. 
I think there's so many men and women, because this is not just a gender role that we're talking about, but I, I hope that people are listening going, yep, been there. I've been in a relationship with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been in a relationship very, very recently. Um, just got out of one, I would say about a year and a half ago with somebody, like you said, it's those points of everything is your fault excuses, the retaliation. I always call it the flip-flop moment of you're the worst human being in the world. You're getting degraded and name-called and emotional abuse, but then you're the best person in the world when they start losing that sense of control. So like you said, you start to feel like you're crazy. It's your fault. You start apologizing and creating excuses for something that never even happened usually 99% of the time. And I love how you talk about most of us do not get therapy for this. We just think it's a problem within our household that we just have to swallow it up. When we're talking about divorce rates, two out of a thousand people are getting divorced in the United States right now. And that is without children. When you add children into that, that it goes to 40 to 50% of marriages. That's massive. And then when you're, that's just, that's just first marriages. Then you're talking about second marriages, blended families. That gets into a whole thing. That's even higher, 60 to 70%. Yes. And it's because oftentimes people just don't deal with their issues prior to jumping into the next relationship, right? So most people, in fact, I would argue that everybody has some sort of baggage, right? We all carry trauma from childhood. Even if we grew up in the most loving homes, we all experience some form of trauma. And remember, trauma is not always what you experience, but sometimes it's what you didn't experience, right? So if there was like a safe home, that is considered traumatic for a child. So we all have baggage, right? And we bring that baggage into every relationship. An average person will still show up with integrity. Their intentions will always be good, right? They don't mean to hurt their spouse. They unintentionally do so because they react or they're triggered because it triggers their childhood trauma. A narcissist, on the other hand, intentionally hurts the people closest to them, right? And that's why it's really hard to see these people for who they are because, as I always call it, there's their curated facade. So what they show to the world is completely different from what people behind closed doors experience. And they're not always mean. They're not always horrible. I say it's like an 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, they're really horrible. 20% of the time, they give you just enough breadcrumbs, just enough affection, just enough attention to keep you hooked. You see glimmers of the person that you fell in love with at the beginning. But it's all manipulation, right? They know that how they're behaving is wrong. They are conscious of this. Otherwise, they treat everybody that they meet the same way. But they know that it's not acceptable. And so they trauma bond you, right? They put you into the cycle of abuse. So you literally become addicted to the highs and the lows. You become addicted to the cycle of abuse, uh, which is why people who leave these types of relationships typically experience like withdrawal. It's like you're literally addicted to the drug that is them and your body goes through withdrawal. Even though you know they're terrible for you, you still like, but I miss them. I have to talk to them. I have to see them. Um, That's really quite common. But really, like in this type of relationship, for those people who are in a relationship and they're not really sure, if you can't be yourself with your partner, if you can't have hard conversations, if you can't be honest with what you need from this person and you can't communicate these things for whatever fear, they may never raise their voice or raise their hand. Abuse is so much more than just raised hands and raised voices. It's all the small, subtle 
criticisms, judgments, belittling that happens that are very covert, that are really hard to see because we're conditioned as society to look at grandiose rage, right? People who swear and throw things and might slap you or hit you. That's abuse. And that is one part of abuse, but there's all the other mental and emotional and psychological forms of abuse as well that really coerce a person to just limit who they are, shut down and not ask. So if you find that you are not able to be open and honest because you're worried about how your partner is going to respond or react or what they're going to do, are they going to give you the silent treatment for a month? That's really effective, right? That really dehumanizes you as a person and makes you feel horrible. This is the person that's supposed to love you. So that's like generally the first red flag that I tell people to look for. If that's you, your partner is supposed to be your partner. They're supposed to be your equal. Uh, If you feel like you need to ask permission, if you need to check in with them, um, if you have arguments and they're dirty arguments, like it's very common for healthy people and healthy relationships to disagree, but it's how you fight. Are you fighting dirty? Are you saying things, are they saying things to you that they can't ever apologize for? Um, and then it's how you repair after the arguments, right? Do you both come together? And sometimes you just don't agree, but you can agree to disagree and you move on with your life. You don't keep going back to that same thing. Um, and do you find that they truly apologize? And when they apologize, do they actually follow through with change behavior, permanent change behavior? Or is it just temporary? I'll be home every night for dinner with the kids. I promise. And they might do that for a week, maybe a month. And then it's a slippery slide back into not being home, bedtime, bath time, your bedtime. That is future faking. It's the promise just to get you hooked back in without any real genuine change. And when words don't align with their actions, that's always manipulation. For those that are listening, I'm going to totally put you in the hot seat because that's just what we do here. We're just having a great conversation and we're just (laughs) chit-chatting. I always hear so many people say, well, I can't leave. I can't get out because I have children. That seems to be the one thing of Mm. I'm going to split my family up. They're not going to have both parents. I have the guilt. I have, I have, I have. And it's always those excuses. Yes, you have to look out for your children and what is best. But I always totally drive this home of what are you showing your children in actions? What are you teaching your children? So if I have a listener right now that you're in that hot seat too, and you're like, oh, yep, hand up. That's me. What advice would you give them? Because you have this amazing new program that is starting from start of deciding to leave, walking through finding an attorney, how to document. You're doing it all. So let's go to that very first step of, we're going to throw it out there of the excuse, I have children. So you're... Yeah, well, here's the thing is when people, people get paralyzed, right? And they would rather be with the devil they know than with the devil they don't. And so often in this type of relationship specifically, by the end of it, you're literally running on fumes. You have nothing. Your partner is the top dog in the house. Your children are right underneath and you are somewhere at the very bottom. You have lost all your passions. You've oftentimes been financially abused. Even if you are the primary breadwinner, your spouse has racked up debt. They've ruined your credit. They spend more than you'll ever make. Or you're controlled. You're given an allowance every week. Well, guess what? You are not a teenager. Um, You should not get doled out income, right? You're a partnership again. Um, But oftentimes you've also been isolated. So you don't have support. So there's lots of reasons why people stay. And oftentimes what I hear from people is I stayed for the kids because I knew that if I stayed, 
I could act as a buffer because my partner is not a good parent. At the very least, they're not a good parent, but at the very worst, they're really violent, right? But here's the thing, and you really have to listen to this. What your children are seeing is what they believe is love. And 100% of their childhood under one home, whatever that home is, functional, dysfunctional, toxic, not toxic, that is the air they're breathing. It's seeping into their very being. It's creating these humans and they're looking and they're living that, right? So yes, you might not be able to protect your child 100% of the time, but guess what? When you leave, you get to create a peaceful home life. You get to model to your children that it is not okay for a person to treat you less than you deserve, to treat you disrespectfully, to put you down, to call you names, to belittle you, to do all those micro abusive things that these types of people do. That is not okay. And what you're showing your children is that is not love. So a therapist said to me once, if you allow your partner to treat you the way that they're currently treating you, you are showing your son that that is how a man treats a woman. And if you stay, you're showing your daughter that that's how a man treats a woman he loves. So what is your option then? Really, there is no option. Staying is not an option. Having said that, though, I do understand that for so many people, leaving is scary. They don't know where to start. And I always say it's easy just we are we have technology at our fingertips so go on to instagram go on to facebook follow people who give you free daily resources right there's so much good stuff that's free educate yourself education is key and then your first step should really be to prepare strategically i see so many people who come to me when they've made all the mistakes because divorce does not have a manual nobody knows what they're getting into most people have never been divorced before don't know how to hire an attorney hired the wrong attorneys do you know how time consuming that is and how expensive it is to hire the wrong attorney so you've hired the wrong attorney for a year they've made big mistakes that cost you long term financially and time wise and then you have to fire that attorney and then hire a new attorney well guess what that new attorney has to go then through your entire year of of notes and that's not free they charge by 6 minute increments so every time they have to read something and process you're being charged for that so hiring your attorney is your next most important step after hiring a really expert divorce coach. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased because I do this. I do this for this very reason, because I saw that people really did not know what they were doing getting into divorce. And over the year and a half that I've been working, I've seen so many people just make mistakes because they don't know. And they expect their attorney to do all mm -hmm. this heavy lifting. And your attorney's job is to interpret the law to the best of their ability. That's it. They don't teach you how to document. They don't teach you how to communicate. They don't even do parenting plans properly. Do you know how many good parenting plans I've seen over the year and a half that I've been doing this? Mm -hmm. Zero. Zero. They all have loopholes. They all have nuanced language. They all have gray matter. And this type of personality jumps through all of that. And guess what? Now you have a legal document that is now going to be your Bible for the next mm -hmm. 18 years. And you're constantly engaged. So that's why a divorce coach should always be your first person that you communicate with and hire before you even take the step to leave so that you can actually leave strategically and be prepared. Most people leave thinking that leaving is going to be the hardest part. That's the easiest part. It's what comes after that's really hard. And if you haven't prepared accordingly prior to leaving, 
you will find that out the hard way. That's why most people, on average, it takes them seven times before they actually leave successfully. They attempt to leave, they they leave, and they have to come back for whatever reason. So really being prepared and going into this, not just thinking tomorrow I'm going to leave. Now, the caveat there is if safety is a concern, mm-hmm. then you just leave. You just leave and you go to a shelter and you get help. Safety is a really big issue, but if safety isn't a concern for you, then you need to go into this with a long-term plan of leaving. So you're not leaving next week, you're leaving in six months. And if you give yourself the time to strategically exit, then you are going to avoid all the pitfalls that I've seen for the last year and a half, two years. With talking about narcissists and those that kind of, it it does draw in, it's a sense of control. When we discuss or even bring up the topic of divorce, the number one thing outside of the fear is the finances. That's that's the two tie-in. When you are dealing with a narcissist and some of you may be listening and you're like, yep, this is me too. This episode's for you. Narcissists love to control your money. So, so many do not have that option of, you know, I have to pay for a divorce, but they control the money. I get, like you said, I get an allowance. How are they going? How am I going to do this strategically where they don't find out or they don't know? So I stay as safe as possible. And I love that you mentioned that there's so many free options. Like she said, social media is at our fingertips. Use it to your advantage. I always say there is no dumb question. There is always going to be one person that may not be exactly in your position, but similar to where they can help even be your support system to where you have that to say, hey, I'm ready to leave. But, you know, I had this come up or this. So I love that you're allowing this in regards to walking them through. So if there's a listener right now and you said you walk them through the attorneys, you walk them through kind of the pre-attorney. And documenting, like you're doing it all, which I think is amazing. There's so many people that need this. And it's 12 weeks. Every week, every week we do something different. So I, people get overwhelmed, right? An overwhelmed state creates paralysis. People then don't act because there's too many moving variables. So I've broken this down to like into 12 weeks. So every week we meet privately for an hour and a half. And there's one step. So like the first week, it's all about boundaries and preparing. What does that look like? How do you prep? I help you prep financially so that you can actually extract the resources and protect your resources so that they're not drained. I also teach you how to protect your technology because these people are paranoid. They're like dogs when like a storm's coming. They can sense you leaving, even if you've done nothing differently. So you really need to, and I'm not trying to fear monger, but I see it all the time. People's emails have been hacked for a year after they leave. And guess what? Every email to your lawyer has been read. That is demoralizing. It ruins your strategy. It ruins your everything, right? So it's really important that people don't stop this process because of fear, but they understand that they need to be equipped with the right tools and knowledge and plans and strategy so that they can actually effectively leave and stay gone. You don't want to have to keep coming back. You want to be able to leave and know that you can then continue to leave. So like the first week is the prepping. Then we talk about how to hire your lawyer. I have questions that you go into with the people that you consult with, and then how to use your lawyer effectively. I have so many clients who have used their lawyer for everything prior to hiring me, right? And again, your lawyer is charging you by six minute increments. And so sometimes you can rack up $60,000 in lawyer fees and still not be advanced because you're asking them about communication. You're asking them about documentation. You're using them as you should be using a person such as myself. And then in between each session because people really need support 
you have full access to me during the work week through WhatsApp and or Signal so that you can text me any issue, questions, insecurities, things that come up. Uh, and I'm there and I answer in real time and you can't overuse me. In fact, if you don't use me enough, then I'll start checking in with you just to see how you're doing, right? Like I'd like <laughs> to do a daily check. How are you feeling out of 10, right? I have a client right now and at the beginning of our session, he was a five out of 10 because he's right in the middle of it. And by the end of it, he is like, wow, I'm an eight out of 10. Like this was so needed. Um, and then at the end of the 12 weeks, you're equipped with all the knowledge so that you can go in fully prepared for what's coming down the pipeline. I do not like to see people blindsided. And if you're not prepared, you will be blindsided by this type of personality because their biggest fear is abandonment. So even if they've cheated on you and discarded you and left you, even if they've done that, you moving on, you not begging for them back, you creating a new life, finding happiness, finding a new partner is abandonment and they will rage uh, and nothing is off limits with them. They will use your children because they know that that is the most important thing to you to hurt you. So if you're not prepared, your children will then suffer as a result of this, right? Um, and then after the 12 weeks, you have three months more communication with me where we can check in uh, just so that if questions come up or issues come up post the program, I'm still there. And I'll probably extend it past the three months, but that's just like a guideline. And then you get PDFs every week. I too. love that because- All the notes and you have a video every <laughs> week. You get it all. I love that you're not just stating, because I think this is such a misunderstanding, especially when you are leaving a partner and or if you have children involved. Once the court is done, you're done. Once the custody agreement is made, you're done. And that is, like you said, that is the start because you have to set boundaries for yourself, for your children. You have to know the red flags to look out for, and you have to be prepared for the unexpected because it sounds like that's all you're going to encounter. And it's setting that boundary and being prepared. So I love that you are really promoting not just like so many do of, oh, divorce, you can leave. It's fine for your children. You deserve happiness. Yes, we all get that. But it's you're getting into the nitty gritty of what are you going to expect and how are you going to handle it before it even happens? I was you're like the co-pilot of divorce. That's yeah, well, this, is, this is the thing is there was such a need. I like through a year and a half, I was like, I, I'm so effective and I'm really helping people. But it, all the wrong stages. Once you've hired your lawyer, it's really hard to change that. Once your lawyer has gone to court and done all the wrong things, it's really hard to change that. And I was like, I had a client who hired me, my, my first client who hired me before he had the talk. And I was like, Eureka moment. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. All this work over the last year and a half, I just need to actually put it together into a bite-sized, manageable, preventative package and help people from the beginning all the way through the end, because that will literally save you so much time, so much stress that you don't even understand is coming down the pipeline and so much money because you won't make those mistakes that are going to cost you down the road. And really the biggest mistake that you can make is to assume that once you divorce and the financial stuff is all dealt with, it's going to be smooth sailing. It might be for a little bit, but guess what? These people are chronically bored because they're empty vessels. They are chronically looking for stimulation and stress and chaos. They love to cause that, right? They feed off of you engaging with them. They feed off of your pain, your anger, your resentment. And the easiest way, which is why they have children, the easiest way to get you engaged is to hurt your children. And they will. Like, you have to believe me, mm -hmm. not just think, if you aren't prepared, they will hurt your children. So 
in this program, you learn to prepare your children for when that comes down the pipeline. Your children are already equipped with the tools and the resources, just like you are, to be able to mitigate all this stuff. If you can anticipate the stuff coming, then you can mitigate. And if you can't mitigate this stuff, then you litigate. But that's also part of your documentation. You learn to document things because you can go back to your ex and say, you know what? You called so-and-so fat, right? How dare you do that? Well, they're not going to change. They're still going to call your child fat, right? But they're just going to go about it in a more covert way and condition your child to not then come back to you to talk to you. You always want your children to openly communicate with you. So you need to learn when to engage with them. If there's serious issues of safety or violence or neglect, then you need to engage. Uh, but then you just document. You document all these things. And then if you can't avoid them, then you have to litigate them. So then you go back with your lawyer and you go back to court. But by being preventative, you can avoid so many of the big issues because really, truly the big issue is that your children are turned against you, which is the most painful experience for a loving, healthy parent to have had all these cues that it was happening because there's always warning signs, but people just don't know what to look out for and don't know how to manage them when they crop up. I literally give you it all so that when they like the warning signs, and in fact, my job is so that you start before it even becomes a warning sign so that you already lay the foundation for open communication and respect with your children. They come back to you and they feel safe. Mm -hmm. I love that we're doing this episode because it's not to intimidate anybody. It is not to scare anybody and add mm -hmm. additional fear. It is allowing listeners, like I said in the beginning, whether you're a male or a female going through this, it's not a gender assigned role that you are feeling empowered in the choices that you are making for your life. You may not have a support system around you. Your support system may feel, no, this is just part of marriage. This is just your relationship. This is just who they are. Yeah. This episode is to empower you and make you feel strong and make you feel that you are never stuck in a situation, especially one you feel unsafe, but two, that you are unhappy and you are not having that ability to raise your children, but also be better as yourself for a partner and in a partnership. I think that's key, especially with a narcissist. You're not a partner. You're a pawn. Yeah. You are like, you are doing all the work. They get to do the fun stuff if they so choose, but you're the person who does all the dirty work, all the things the day in and they day. There is no partnership. There is no relationship. Right. And that's the really big key thing is that if you look at your life and you think, I do it all with very little support, very little acknowledgement, very little validation. In fact, everything I do is wrong. Very rarely do I get a compliment, but then that compliment is quickly brushed aside and then the criticisms start again, right? If you're doing all this stuff, raising the children, taking care of the animals, the house, working, ensuring that the children have food in their bellies, three meals a day. Um, and your spouse comes in and out or micromanages and or criticizes, that's a big sign that this is not a partnership. A partnership means that you do 50-50, right? And all relationships ebb and flow. There's always going to be great times and there's going to be bad times, right? But it's how you repair in the bad times. It's really indicative of a healthy relationship versus one that's at best unhealthy, but most likely toxic and abusive. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very grateful that you came on to talk about this. It's a topic like my motto is always what we seem to think, but don't say. And this is something that when it comes to divorce, it's always, eh, well, if it's not my problem, sorry, I can't help you. I don't want to talk about it. Or if you have children, it throws it in the mix of, well, 
you decided to be a parent. Think of your children. There's always like that social kind of presence and pressure. And let me tell you, raising tiny humans, you've already got some pressure on you. So don't (laughs) add any more that you don't need. So I'm going to put all your information in the bio description. If this episode really hit home and you're like, this is me, or maybe you know somebody that shared out, be like, hey, you know what? My friend, she's going through this. She has to hear this. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with admitting the life that you have is not the one that is working for you. You did not fail. You did not fail yourself. You did not fail your children, but you have to take charge. And this episode is for empowerment. So I'm so happy that you came on. I think what you're doing is so great for so many people, even for those that this may not resonate, maybe in five, 10 years, a year down the road, knock on wood, I hope this doesn't happen if it's not to you, but you have the tools. We are all in life learning. So if a tool is provided to you, why not take advantage of it? And knowledge is truly power. And if it's not you in this relationship, I can guarantee you know somebody close to you that's in this type of relationship, right? And so my mission in life is to educate, not just those who are in this relationship, but those who are about to embark on relationships, right? What to look for before you enter. Because if you can avoid this type of relationship, your life is so much easier. And these type of people move mm-hmm. really quickly and they tether you to them, right? By marriage, children is the number one thing, right? Because then you're literally stuck to them like glue for 18 years, even if you divorce. Um, so knowledge truly is power and it's not fear-based. It's making decisions based from a place of knowledge and not from fear. Yeah, it's all scary. Being an adult is scary, but it's knowing that you deserve better and that your children, if you can't do it for yourself, your children deserve better. Uh, And you have way more power and way more control than you think you do because you've been conditioned to not believe that you have power and control, but you do. You have way more than you think that you do. And I can Mm -hmm. help you and other people like me can help you realize that power and then educate yourself and equip yourself with everything that you need to get out and stay out and then create an awesome life afterwards. Well, thank you again for coming on and just being that co-pilot in life, whether it's for courts, whether it's for custody, whether it's for life after, you are the co-pilot. I think that everybody probably didn't know that they needed up until now. And like she said, if you've made mistakes and you're kind of in the threshold, it's okay. Reach out if you need it. She can work through all the other mistakes and stuff, but um, I, again, I'll put all your information in the bio description. I think what you're doing is fantastic. And it, it probably puts a lot of pressure on you too, because you're taking on all these emotions and, you know, everybody as clients and you're working through it as well. So I really appreciate you coming on. I think you're fantastic. And I can't brag enough about you and everything that you're doing. <laughs> and thank you so much. I think it's so wonderful when people who are outside in society, like really take an interest in this and then shine light on it because the more light is shown onto this type of dysfunctional relationship, the more people can avoid and then get out. So it's, thank you. It's, it's awesome that you're doing this. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time right here with me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And don't forget to head over and rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform to bring others along this journey with us for next week's episode. And subscribe on the Little Bit of Life YouTube channel for upcoming videos and live action to come. Have you joined in on all of my adventures? Be sure not to miss a moment on Instagram at littlecuteoneaz. Let's share these stories to more that need to be in the know. I will catch you on the next episode. And remember, be good to others and be good to you.